Hi, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, that guy. How's it going, people? Um, hey, this one I think might be kind of short. Uh, my computer is is straining. I'm going to have to get it fixed. Uh, so this this might be the last episode I record on this computer. Uh, next week, most likely, I'm going to start my bi-weekly series slash mini-series of discussing short-lived TV shows with the people who love them. I've got some, three of them banked so far, and they were all really fun to record. Uh, and uh, I think in the future, I'll give you a heads up as to what show it's going to be, so you can check it out before we talk about it. But I'm going to I'm gonna surprise you with the first one, because it's a, it's a weird pick, and I look forward to you being delighted. Uh, by my favorite single season TV show. Uh, well, I'll remind you at the end. But uh, So I think I'm just going to kind of get my business done and uh, call it a day this week because, again, my computer is barely holding it together. I'm hoping it can be fixed rather than replaced uh, because, frankly, I don't have the money for either. So we'll see... Uh, We'll see how bad it's going to get. Uh, update on some just general EJ news. Uh, my my plan to uh, my announced plan to get hot has uh, not. Uh, there was not a lot of forward progress this week. Uh, in fact, if anything, it it resulted in some uh, some mockery uh, uh, from from my friends. And you know what? If people don't believe in me, that's fine. But look, I, I'm I'm doing this for other people. You know, you're the you're the ones who have to look at me. I'm trying to make things easier on you. You know, what's what's it helping me? Not at all, probably. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where that's going. Uh, I have also. Uh, really stalled out on weight loss the last couple weeks uh covid really screwed me up it just wiped out my energy levels uh and i found it really hard to get back on any kind of routine i've kept up my 10,000 steps a day uh 200 plus days now but there were some days in there i didn't get more than that because i couldn't just couldn't handle it, but I'm starting to get back on a routine again, uh, starting to push myself a little, so hopefully we can get back toward toward uh, achieving something. I don't know. I've lost sight of what my goal is. Uh, uh, to be described as, 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 as reedy, I guess. That's what I'm shooting for. <laughs> That's, you know EJ, that willowy guy? Yeah, that's what I'm aiming for. Uh, shoot for the stars, right? Um, for some reason, that makes me laugh. Uh, so, just uh, just uh, some some insight into where I've been the last couple days. Uh, emotionally, I mean. The. They re-released the most recent Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. Uh, they put it back in theaters with some added footage. And I didn't really have anything to do this weekend, so I'm like, hell yeah, I'll see No Way Home again. And uh, it's 
I don't remember how long it was before, but it's close to two hours, 40 minutes now. It seemed like there were quite a few new scenes. They are pretty much all, uh, uh, like, added jokes and stuff. Like, there's not really a lot of plot stuff. Um, uh, Happy has a little more legal trouble as a result of his connections to Spider-Man, which means Matt Murdock gets another scene, and that, that's welcome. Uh, there's some funny school stuff. It's it, nothing that needed to be there. It's kind of fun to watch, but it it really it's it adds a little too much. But it's still, and I'm going to talk about a different Marvel movie as part of the franchise report. So I'm not going to get too into it. But it's No Way Home's real good, and it's sad. And sometimes when I think about how much I love Spider-Man, I get kind of sad myself. Like, I will tear up talking about Spider-Man sometimes because, like, he's, he's not my main guy. My main guy's Batman. But I love Spider-Man. Uh, I, 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 I love that guy. And uh, he, he tries so hard, and nobody appreciates him. And there's such tragedy in his, uh, in his story, but he doesn't let it make him into a, <laughs> into a dick like Batman. Again, Batman's my favorite guy. I hope he doesn't take offense. But it's just something about Spider where if you can hit the right notes with a Spider-Man story, you will break me. And despite having seen this movie once or twice before, maybe twice, I I can't keep track. Uh, I'm just like, I'm just a mess at the end. And then it was like, you know what? I had a, I had a bad week. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. My job's real bad. Like it's, it's, it's stressful and we're under we're understaffed and uh i don't want to give too much information i work for a mortgage company and i prepare documents but it's uh we're, we're a lender so like you wouldn't come into our building to get a loan we buy loans from other buy and underwrite loans from other companies and then sell them so uh, like any person I deal with is a a business customer as opposed to a person who's buying a house. So I'm sort of dealing with the same pool of people. And uh, they've become steadily more abusive as time goes on, which is a thing I have, have mentioned to management before is because uh, – I have to pretty much just sit and take it. But when you're dealing with the same people all the time, it just means they will continue to get more abusive. And I'm at a point right now where most of my day is hearing about how bad I am at my job for 10 hours while I am uh, doing a good a good job. And just, uh, uh, you know, I will be on the phone with somebody who's yelling at me for being bad at my job while I'm working on the thing that they want and I would be done if I hadn't had to stop to answer the phone. I don't want to complain too much about my life. It just sucks. It's bad. I need to work someplace else. It's miserable. I'm defeated. I don't like any of this. But uh, end of month is always real bad. And end of month happened over last week. And, you know, and there's just some just some general personal stuff. I got There's people I'm worried about. There's stuff in my life that's hard to navigate. It's more than I'm going to talk about into a microphone, but it was a it was a bad week, and so I'm an emotional mess uh, 
watching Spider-Man No Way Home. So I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get, I'm just going to get drunk. And I went to the liquor store where the lady who runs it doesn't like me. And I bought so much hard cider. And that was what I did is I just, uh, Sunday night, just, I, then I got home and I watched a different Spider-Man movie. I watched Spider-Verse, which also will make me cry. So I am just thinking about Spider-Man and drinking too much cider and just, just a mess of a man. Uh, I wish there was like a punchline to that or even a point. Um, but uh, look, I'm stressed about my computer on top of everything else. So this is this episode's a little slapdash. I'm, I'm bearing my soul. Maybe that'll mean something to you people. Um, hey, maybe I'll talk about some things that are good. And then uh, uh, actually, you know what? Uh, I talked about the Saints, the new Saints Row game last week, and I am still having a blast. Uh, again, not as over the top as having superpowers and fighting the devil, but uh, it's really fun to play, and like the story missions are really good and audacious, and just a lot of fun. I'm kind of bogged down right now in doing a lot of the the side quests because. I know the next mission opens up even more stuff and there's already too much on the map for me to be comfortable with. So that I'm trying to knock off some of those things and the story has stalled as a result, but that's on me. But I got this, I want to tell you as a, as a, as a middle-aged adult man, I played a video game that made me so scared I had to stop playing it, uh, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to sleep. And, uh, it's called Inscription. It's spelled weird. Uh, there's like a Y where there should be an I. I can't remember the specific. It was it's it was it was kind of a big game last year. I think it was in kind of the game of the year conversation. And when it opens, you are playing a card game uh, that's sort of like a really basic version of like Magic the Gathering. That's mostly built on like the sacrifice mechanic. And you're playing against this malevolent force in the dark that has a voice and eyes, and that's it. And uh, you're theoretically playing for your soul. And and part of it is when you play, you play like these animal cards, and they then attack the other animal cards or the other player directly. But in order to play, you can play a squirrel anytime, but to play more powerful animals, you have to sacrifice other animals to bring like to sacrifice a to play a wolf you have to sacrifice two animals and it's already done as such even though they're you know they are digital images of cards it, it's the atmosphere of it already makes you feel sort of bad and uh then i sacrificed a stoat to play a wolf and win the hand and then the stoat comes back into your hand the next time around and the card starts talking to you and it demands to know why you killed it. And then it reluctantly agrees to work with you, but I couldn't figure out a way to win the next hand without sacrificing the stoat again. And I know it's going to be mad. And I lost the hand anyway, and the voice made me go out, get up and fetch a candlestick. Which to me means there's more to it than the card game because then you could walk away from the table and get up and walk around the room and there are other items to interact with. And I've heard there's a big twist if you once you play long enough. So I know the whole thing isn't the card game, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. But 
you bring in a, can, a candlestick with two candles and the darkness snuffs one of them. He says, you may fail twice. That was once. And the whole thing is so creepy and it brought out like that childhood reaction of when like you think a, a thing in media can hurt you. Like if I had comics that were especially scary, I would have to put something heavy on top of them when I went to bed or not keep them in my room. If the scary ones weren't in my room, I'd be okay. But uh, there was always a chance that Baron Zemo uh, in that issue where he takes off his mask and his face is all melted, uh, there's always a chance he could climb out and hurt me. And that was the thing I feared as a child and playing inscription made me fear it as an adult. So I panicked and stopped playing because I'm healthy. Uh, great job all around. Um, but, uh, uh, dang, do I have any other recommendations? I didn't really, I'm, I'm playing catch up and I started watching a new show, but somebody I recorded an episode with recommends it in that episode. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to steal that valor. Uh, you know what I have to say? This is way too much superhero talk for one episode, and we still have an Ant-Man movie to talk about. Uh, the the Harley Quinn cartoon on HBO Max. That's one that I have always sort of, of mostly enjoyed. Like, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Harley to begin with, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a hard R-rated cartoon, and... You know, they made 80 years of Batman stories where nobody screamed screamed the F word uh, before tearing somebody's face off. And that happens, like, immediately in this show. And it's a little too much shock value for the sake of being outrageous. But then there are things that are, some of the characterizations are really funny, and they do some interesting things with, frankly, pretty moldy characters. Uh, you know, they find a really fun use for Kite Man and... Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff in it that's really good. And this season, the good really started to outweigh the stuff I have misgivings about because uh, they, they've broken so far with established continuity at this point. Uh, like, uh, that was the thing that bothered me too was they hardly kind of went on a kill spree and started killing major villains. And I'm like, I don't I mean... If you kill the penguin and Mister Freeze, those are just toys you don't have to play with in this uh, in this world anymore. But they went in a really wild direction where uh, Joker was believed to be dead for for most of a season, and then he turns up again. But now he looks like a norm. He's just a normal guy working at a working at a bar, and he's the stepdad to a couple of uh, of. Uh, of, of kids and uh, they sort of realize he's Joker and eventually the only way to save the city is to bring out his Joker side and they do that but then he elects to try to make things work with the woman he fell in love with and to keep raising those kids and in this season he becomes a social reformer <laughs> like they, they it, it's a a Latinx family that he is uh, I don't remember if they're married but he's hes hes found his way into and he's really getting involved with their social issues and uh, you know challenging uh, challenging the existing power structures through <laughs> through like community organizing 
and it's it's such a weird and smart thing to do with a character who despite being one of my favorite characters is thoroughly played out at this point and doing this with him is so weird and fun and I'm it's like all right Harley you got me uh plus Griffin Newman is Mad Hatter which man there's some good casting on this show but that one really got me uh so yeah Harley Quinn has moved from moved from cautiously optimistic to yeah okay you got me uh still filthy don't think you can watch this with your kids I'm barely old enough to watch it it is I was I I was warning a friend of mine uh you know because their kids are really into the Marvel stuff now and there's a lot of DC stuff on HBO Max and it's like well, you check with me before they watch any of that because some of it is definitely not okay but it looks like the stuff that is like the same guy is voicing Batman on Harley Quinn as he did on Brave and the Bold which was definitely meant for younger kids it's it's a minefield you don't want your you know you don't want your five-year-old having just enjoyed uh uh, uh, Shang-Chi or something to go hey Peacemaker what's that no no stay, stay be an involved parent that's all I can ask of you Um, man I'm rambling more than usual I'm going to just get to the get to the franchise report I think I might call it a, call it a day Um, again I'm not sure how long this is going to record without freezing up and I cannot edit on my current system so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm racing the clock. This week, it was a lucky week because I got to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know Ant-Man is my favorite. Uh, I This one, for some reason, I haven't watched nearly as often as the first one. I think because by the time it came out, there were like 10 more Marvel movies and you didn't, you know, you don't, you don't go re-watching all of them. But man it's super fun it's like and it comes right after infinity war and happens mostly before so you get this fun heist movie after this sort of cosmically depressing watching everybody die movie and uh look there's so many marvel movies you forget that walton goggins was like the the secondary villain in an ant-man movie <laughs> and he's just gogginsing it up it's so good like you'd you'd think, uh, like they'd save a major role for him, but it's, you know, they 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 put good, like these really good actors in these smaller roles, and that that just helps sell that movie rather than worrying. Hey, maybe we want him to play, you know, the wrecker or something down the line. Oh, hey, look, got a break for just a second from talking about Ant Man to talk about She Hulk. Uh, which uh, weird sexist nerds are mad about because the show has acknowledged the existence of sexism and that makes them feel threatened. But I need you to understand how some, how funny something was from the most recent episode. Where, uh, okay, so there's this villain in Marvel Comics called The Wrecker, and he, he's got The Wrecking Crew. And he is like literally a magic crowbar that I believe was given him by Loki. And they're sort of vaguely construction-themed, and they... They used to fight Thor, and they, they're they sort of like massively powerful villains, but 
once Thor stopped doing Earth stuff, like Thor doesn't really fight supervillains anymore. He's, you know, dealing with with frost giants and Ragnarok and Gore the God Butcher and stuff. So they start getting passed around, and it started to be a thing where like you could have your char- your your character face overwhelming odds by fighting the Wrecking Crew because they were Thor villains. So if uh, you know the odds are stacked against them, but because they want to keep making Spider-Man comics, Spider-Man has to win. And eventually these characters kind of become devalued by the fact that they are used to prove that somebody can overcome these odds. And I know for a fact Daredevil has beaten the Wrecker on more than one occasion. But they're kind of these weird fan favorites and everybody sort of assumed they were going to make it into a Marvel movie because, you know, once you get away from from Spider-Man and maybe X-Men, Marvel doesn't have a ton of recognizable villains. And they've blown through the A-list already. So everybody was convinced the Wrecker and the Wrecking Crew were going to be a big deal. And the if you've seen the most recent episode of She-Hulk, the third episode as I as I speak this, she, she gets attacked by these dorks in an alley who all have magic construction equipment who robbed an Asgardian construction worker is their origin. And she just absolutely trashes them with no effort whatsoever. But each of them matches up to... Like each of them has a weapon from the wrecking crew, so it's it that's that's the uh, that's the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe version of the Wrecker, sort of this this fan favorite everybody was waiting for. It's just a big dork with a crowbar, and it's so funny. And people are mad about that too because they don't enjoy things, but uh, it's great. It made me laugh really hard that everybody just assumed we were going to see the Wrecker in an Avengers movie, and it's just She Hulk flicking her over her shoulder. That was great. Uh, But back to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Holy smokes. Guys, it's just so fun. It's, it's, I mean, you know Paul Rudd's great. And uh, Evangeline Lilly is my friend from Lost, but also an anti-vaxxer. So uh, uh, I'm of two minds. Uh, She's good in these movies, I will say. Uh, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is great. It's fun to watch him doing this. Uh, He seems like he's having fun as opposed to, moping around uh Lawrence Fishburne is I like I wish he had had more to do but they sort of set up his character as somebody they could come back to uh I kind of want to see him get big uh this so far this is the best Ant-Man getting big movie because it's the movie where he gets the biggest he's not big for as long no he's probably big for longer than in Civil War because he's skateboarding on the truck for a while and uh, but he also gets small but not small enough a lot of stuff happens uh, Randall Park as Jimmy Woo is so funny I I love Randall Park uh, we'll see him later in WandaVision I mean we've seen him in WandaVision from the perspective of watching this movie it's later you know what I mean and uh, the one thing like, I'm on board for whatever Marvel's doing at this point. I've liked their movies and TV shows. So, but there I, there really aren't any characters that are like, oh, they got to get to that one. And mostly it's a lot of uh, characters I don't really care about. And then I see they're going to be in a movie and I go, oh, that actually looks cool. 
uh, like the Submariner in Wakanda Forever. The one thing that where I would actually go, oh, hell yeah, is uh, Agents of Atlas, which was a series where Jimmy Woo led a team of like 1950s pre-superhero Marvel characters. <laughs> like the the living robot, or the human robot, I think is his name, and Gorilla Man and... <laughs> the the uh, Marvel Boy and Venus and that would be very fun if they did that but uh, man Ant-Man's Ant terrific the second one it's it's an absolute blast I had so much I had such a good time watching it uh, even the I even watched the deleted scenes and there I mean there's not much there but there's a really funny just one off about uh, Walton Goggins character being a Scientologist um, oh, and the the sort of villain ghost uh, who is basically losing physical cohesion. That's I really like that. I I like that actress. She's been in Game of Thrones. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, uh, Hannah John Kamen. I think she's in the Star Wars sequels too. Because uh, in the in the comics, not only has Ghost never met Ant Man, he's just an industrial saboteur. Uh, you know, he's like a gun for hire kind of character who usually fights Iron Man. Uh, he, he's as nothing as a nothing character can be, and they did something really uh, cool and sort of affecting. So good job. Uh, Tim Heidecker has his his uh, cameo, and he's got some outtakes on the on the Blu-ray that are very funny, uh, like him spelling his name for the reporters, and every time his fairly simple name keeps getting more and more complicated. <laughs> Uh, Brian Husky has two lines. There's there's a lot of good people who just kind of pass through. Uh, Tom Sharpling is one of the, one of Walton Goggins' guys. It's oh man, it was it was great. I love I loved watching. I'm so happy when I watch an Ant Man movie. It just they those they they really I don't know they 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 nail those. They the tone is just right. I love it. I will watch Ant-Man movies forever. Um, next week, it'll probably be two weeks uh, since, I mean, I'll watch it next week. I'll talk about it in two weeks because I will probably be doing uh, the the Sam Kenny episode. Uh, but uh, Captain Marvel's up next, which I have not seen for a while, and I remember really enjoying it. Uh, and over in James Bond, we have Pierce Brosnan's third outing, The World is Not Enough, uh, which is the motto on the Bond family crest. Uh, I think that's addressed in a movie. I hope so, because otherwise I don't know why I know that. Um, boy, is this one a mixed bag. I'm going to be honest with you. We're getting diminishing returns from the Bond, uh, from the Brosnan era, but that's because Goldeneye is perfect. This... Uh, like there's some really good stuff in it. Robert Carlyle from uh, Train Spotting and uh, the Full Monty is the the villain, and he's got a bullet in his head so he can't feel pain, which I think they do some neat things with. Uh, uh, Sophie Marceau is the Bond girl who becomes the main villain. Spoiler, I guess. Uh, she's great. Um the the 
like I, I've got no. It's it's got a great opening seed actually, the longest so far. We'll see if anybody beats it, but it's like fifteen minutes before the credits credits roll. It's got a very fun boat chase. Uh, it's Desmond Llewellyn's last appearance as Q. They even sort of set it up in the movie for him to retire, and then the actor actually died before the next movie. Uh, not such a fan of John Cleese as his replacement. He's doing his John Cleese stuff, which doesn't quite fit. Uh, also, when when Q is saying goodbye to Bond, he tells him, "You know, I've always I've always tried to teach you two things. Uh, one is uh, never let them see you bleed. The other is know when to make an exit." And he definitely has not tried to teach Bond anything, let alone those two weirdly specific things. Uh, I, I I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a sweet send-off for a man who's been in since the second movie. Uh, but though it's weird to act like, oh yeah, that's definitely been his thing. Those are his catchphrases. Um, there's some... Uh, uh, the uh, Robbie Coltrane is back as the Russian guy from GoldenEye, uh, Bond's sort of nemesis slash reluctant contact. Um, he gets to do some fun stuff. Really, the biggest strike against this movie is Denise Richards as nuclear physicist Dr. Christmas Jones. Uh, not only does that name set up the worst ending line in the history of the franchise, possibly tied with Moonrakers, he's attempting re-entry. Uh, she is not good. Like, she's not a good actress. Like, we've had some bad acting in this in this series before. I mean, in the early movies, all of the Bond women are dubbed because uh, most of them just couldn't act. And, you know, not that long ago, we had uh, 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 Tanya Roberts and... Britt Eklund in the Roger Moore era, both of whom were sort of uh, not good performances. Uh, and I'm not just trying to pick on women, but specifically in the in the Bond girl role, that's where you... That's what I'm putting her up against. Uh, and she's... It's maybe the worst performance we've seen in one of these... Uh, um. There's probably something worse in, in like, in, in, yeah, it's so hard. So many of the Connery movies have dubbed actors, so it's hard to really get a feel for the performance, but it's real bad. And it's not even like she's known as an actress, so it's such a, like, I, th I feel like she was already kind of a joke by this point in 99. Uh, I, it's weird casting, and it has only gotten worse with age. Uh, Brosnan's real good. I love watching him do his Bond thing. Again, he's sort of... He smiles a lot. Like, he's having fun. He knows it's awesome that he's doing this stuff. But he also uh, has the ability to be hurt. There's a pretty good torture scene. Not in a creepy saw kind of way. I mean, it's... He's in a weird chair that hurts his neck, uh, but it's it's played really well. It's it it's my least favorite of the three Brosnans so far, but it's 
something I will definitely, it kind of fell off my radar probably because of the Denise Richards thing, but there's enough, enough in it that I really like that. Yeah, I'll watch it again. I had a good time. Uh, next up, we have uh, Die Another Day, which was a hit, and there was talk of a spinoff, but it's I remember it being kind of a mess, but kind of a, a glorious, crazy mess in my memory. I That's one I have not seen since it came out 20 years ago, so I, I'm eager to see where I fall this time. Uh, I do remember Madonna plays a fencing instructor, and there's no way that's going to be good. But uh, yeah, um, so as I as I said, next week I think will be the first of the. I don't know if if I think maybe I can keep it going for a while. It might end up being a mini series, but every two weeks it'll be. I'm going to talk with a guest about their favorite short-lived TV show, which I am defining as one or two seasons at most. Uh, I've got several of them banked already. I've got some other people lined up to record once my computer is working. And I think I'll put the first one out. So from then on, uh, I'll, do, I'll do these sort of uh, mini episodes in between where I'll let you know what show is coming next and also uh, uh, double up on the franchise report. Cover two weeks in a row. Although that means combining uh, Infinity War or Endgame and Casino Royale with Captain Marvel and Die Another Day and I feel like uh, Endgame and, and Royale are probably big enough they deserve their own week I don't know we'll figure that out um, but yeah that's the plan next week you should hear Sam and I talking about my favorite one season TV show uh, feel free to hazard a guess as to what it is I won't tell you if you're right uh, remember to check out our great sponsor, uh, TeasedbySummer.com. Uh, there's a new Carl Havoc mug up there. Uh, it's very good. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's all good. It's, uh, sorry, I'm doing a bad job of talking, but I just, I just really love all her stuff, her shirts and mugs, and it's all, it's all high quality. Uh, the, the shirts, let me tell you. Unlike a, a Teespring or a, a Tee Public, uh, these thing these things hold up to washing. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, just it's very well made. Uh, it's high quality material. The mugs you get printed they're printed on both sides. They also they're going to stand up to a washing. They're not going to flake off like uh, certain podcasts that have. Uh, substantial listenerships and shoddy merchandise that I'm not going to name because we all got enough problems. Uh, you're not going to get better than Teased by Summer. Check it out. Buy it. You know what? Uh, uh, I think you should leave what a couple of Emmys. Get an I think you should leave item. Or an Apive t-shirt. Uh, put a couple new things on the Apive this week. My website with a logo that Summer designed that is frankly much too good for a project that I'm involved with. But I'll take it. Uh, so yeah, buy, buy something from Teased by Summer. Check out the APIVE. Uh, you can email the show at fedtalks at yahoo.com. You can find me on social media, Twitter at EJ Fettis, uh, uh, Instagram at EJ underscore Fettis. Uh, 
that's about it. Next week is the big, I've been wanting to have Sam on since I started doing this, and we were talking about one of my favorite shows, and it it was it was good. It was really fun to record. Um, so far, all these ones I've done have been very fun. It turns out talking to people about things they like is enjoyable, and uh, me being a weird antisocial uh, uh, weirdo, a weird weirdo, uh, maybe that was not the best course of action. I could have been talking to people. I mean, that comes with the downside that I'd have to talk to people, and I'm shy. Um, we'll figure it out. But, yeah, next week, you're going to hear me and Sam talking about a show. Uh, I'll see you then. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.